Hello, 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 podcast listeners. Welcome to another episode of Riesling and Raven. This week, we are reviewing episode, I believe, eight of RuPaul's Drag Race season 13. And this one is a very fun episode. This one was very fun. I loved, I loved, I loved everything. It was so good. So, first up, last episode, we had Olivia win the challenge and Lalaurie unfortunately left us. It was the beaded runway. So, after the girls come in from Lalaurie's elimination, they all basically start explaining. Well, obviously, like, they all get into, like, hey, how you feeling, all that jazz. Um, And Utica kind of explains that Olivia won, but Olivia won by performing in the role that Utica originally wanted. And Utica kind of gave that role to Olivia and was just like, all right, fine. If you want it, you can have it. And Olivia ended up winning. And so Utica's kind of feeling up in her feelings about it. And so Utica decides that she is going to start focusing on herself and putting herself first, which I agree with. Like, I mean, you can, you can try and be like the most, like, um, it's, I'm trying to figure, I'm trying to think of the word, like the you're, tr- you're trying to please every- she's a very people pleaser kind of person but by putting a lot of other people before herself and now is the time when she decides that it's time that she puts Utica first and focuses on her game rather than basically trying to make friends this is not RuPaul's best friend race uh, Denali is slightly miffed about um, the read she got from Candy Muse about being forgettable, especially being safe on the runway again. And she feels like she's she's feel like she's like put putting her 100 into things, and the judges just aren't seeing it. So she's feeling like she's got to push herself somehow to make herself stand out. And um, Candy um, mentions that the pork chop curse is officially done because the past girls before Lalaurie were all the pork chop girls. And Lalaurie was the first from the winner circle. So officially, the pork chop curse is gone. So they all get out of drag, and we come to the first day. And we have Miss Candy. St- Still reminiscing and missing Joey J and being like, hey, all of us should move into a house together just to be like, I only want to move into a house because I miss my man, Joey J, <laughs> which mm, she, she's really she's really missing Joey. <laughs> she's uh, not afraid to express how much she misses Joey. <laughs> And so Rue comes in and gives the queen the maxi challenge. We don't have a mini this week. We just go right into the maxi because we finally have our rusical. And this theme is social media unverified the rusical. So all things like Facebook, Twitter, Mark Zuckerberg, Instagram, or TikTok, and all that all that fun jazz so rose is super confident that she should be doing well and that her theater and her performance ability will help her shine and skyrocket to the top 
So the girls go through and we have the roles being assigned. Well, basically the girls are going through the roles and figuring out what they want. And Simone's first. She goes for the Instagram sort of position. And then Tina is hellbent on being the MC or the MC in this case. Olivia is taking the role of Marky Tuckenberg based off of Mark Zuckerberg, of course. Gottmik wants to obviously pull off this Russian rock and roll character who's part of a set of twins. And Utica really wants to be uh, Lady Tweets, who is, I guess, a Twitter character personified. And Denali also kind of wants Lady Tweets, but Utica's like, I can't give up this role because I need to stick to my guns and Utica is finally standing up for herself and what she wants to basically make her let her let herself finally shine and putting herself first so Utica's like I can't give up lady tweets so sorry and that leaves two characters left Foxy and Russian bot and both Denali and Rosé want Foxy and they both like want her pretty bad. So the girls all decide to make Rose and Denali audition for the role, which I don't think I've ever seen on Drag Races. I think this is the first time we've seen like the girls make two girls audition for the same role and then as a group vote for who they think should get those roles. So first, Rose, um, and the song that they have to sing is kind of a play on oh shit what did they mention um I think it was something from Sound of Music I think that's what Rosé said oh no 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 um Barbara Streisand uh Don't Rain on My Parade yeah it was um Barbara Streisand's song inspired so they make both Denali and Rosé sing the some lines from the that verse that Foxy sings and Rosé does it and Rosé off the bat kills it. Rosé, theater queen, la-da. And then after Rosé, Denali goes up and I watched and I listened and Denali compared to Rosé, I felt like she was just kind of flat in her vocal quality and the, the tone and whatnot. Not like the pitch, but just the tone itself of her voice quality was kind of flat. So the girls all agree, well, not all the girls, but the vote gave Rosé the role of Foxy and Denali the Russian bot number two with Gottmik. And that basically frustrated Denali a lot to the point where she doesn't even want to do the freaking musical at that point. So that was like, Oh god. Oh boy. So the girls start to work on their characters and go over the lines and rehearse and whatnot uh, at their individual tables and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden we get another Rue sound for um, a message. So that was kind of out of the blue and... um, scary to hear I guess for the girls because it's like oh great Rue's throwing us another curveball I at first thought Rue was gonna say we like to shake things up here so whatever role you have switch it with the girl like 
to your right or to your left or like whatever. So I was like, oh, that would be a major ball buster if she managed to do that. But it wasn't. In a surprising turn of events, Annie Hathaway decided to come up and it is Annie Hathaway now. It's spelt Anne Hathaway, but it's Annie. She prefers Annie, I guess. So we all we all like to use people's preferred names in in our industry. So Annie Hathaway comes up on the screen and is actually there. Like it's not a recorded message. It is literally she is literally on screen and she is taking answers from the girls and answering questions and stuff. And she's giving like advice and whatnot on musicals and performance and such. And she lets the girls know that apparently, well, Denault, no. Gottmik asked her, how do you, how would you go about the situation if you didn't get a role that you were hell-bent on getting? And apparently, and Annie Hathaway was the ninth choice for Devil Wears Prada. She wasn't originally the first person to be cast in Devil Wears Prada. She was the ninth. And so she was like, just keep going, just keep doing it, and keep pushing and always like try to like don't settle for less so that was a complete shock and and then she oh wait no that wasn't it it was um it was the question was something else but she she answered that she was the ninth choice for double wars prada and then um denali or um oh no yeah got asked if you didn't get a role that you originally wanted and Hathaway was like just kill it make it your bitch and you just need to put that much more energy to make yourself stand out more in the role that you didn't want so that was what she said about that and Denali was completely turned right around and her energy is now like higher a hundredfold than what it was when she got her role so she's now very confident that with Anne, Annie's um, motivation and her advice she was completely like okay yep I'm, I'm good I'm gonna kill it I'm gonna put 150% into this and just kill it so Denali's attitude completely does a 180 and she she's in a better headspace now and then we go and we have the girls recording their vocals with Michelle and then later they do choreo with Jamal Sims. So with Michelle, some of the vocals that some of the girls who stood out with their singing and whatnot for me, good or bad, Tina was giving full Ethel Merman realness. Like her voice was just classic drag. Um, classic drag meets classical theater. So her voice was very much like the old Hollywood, old Hollywood, well, not old Hollywood, but like it was just very showboaty, jazzy, golden age, older female musical theater, if anyone gets that reference. But that is basically kind of the mixture of references I was getting from Tina's singing quality and her vocal ability. Um, also, Olivia was giving me killer runs and... 
Olivia Olivia just kind of blew everyone away, myself included, with her runs and her her ability to just go with the song and her voice. And it was just kind of a shock because it was Olivia and I don't think people expected Olivia to be able to do that. Um, and then we have Simone, who is definitely not a singer. And the one thing that stood out, um, sort of like, not inspiration, but like a tip of advice. If she couldn't, if you can't sing, give your voice some kind of inflection or characterization, not only to mask the fact that you aren't singing or can't sing, but also to do kind of what Denali had. Whereas if you don't have one thing, then you got to amp up what you do have tenfold. So Denali didn't have the rush, have the role that she wanted, but what she did have, she's going to have to put in 150% instead of just a hundred. So Simone, the same thing would go where you may not have the singing quality, but you're going to have to put 150% in to the quality of which you're saying the words in time and pushing it that much further and giving it character and everything. So that happened there. And then Elliot, his voice was just kind of flat and not very energetic. Candy was very breathy. I don't know why, but what listening to her voice back, it was just very like breathy and very not much addiction really. Um, and then Utica was getting the rapping verse and Utica's verse was very much kind of Hamilton inspired sounding. So I was like, oh God, Utica rapping shit. And she had some trouble getting the diction out of her mouth and everything. Um, and trying to be understood with her pronunciation and learning the tips from musical theater people when you have to enunciate like the tip of the tongue and the teeth and the lips. And unique New York, unique New York. No, fuck, I fucked that up. <laughs> Fake fan. But yeah, Utica was just having trouble with enunciating and whatnot, which is always something that musical theater people have to have um, to be heard and understood when they're singing on a stage while they're dancing. You have to kind of over enunciate to compensate for the fact that you're dancing and singing. So after they did their voices with Michelle, we then go and see Jamal doing choreo with them. Um, so some of this, um, Simone, when she was going through her choreo, she was slightly timid and kind of held back a bit. Same thing with Gottmik. Gottmik kind of was just in her, I, it's, to me, she seemed to kind of like in her head and like not really the, all there and focused. Um, obviously, Rosé kills it. Rosé's just Rosé. Rosé's theater, full out. Inside and out. And then Utica, I wrote, Utica, just ridiculous. I don't even, that's not even the right spelling for it. It's ridiculous, but literally Utica was ridiculous on the stage with her thing. Because even Jamal's like, this is going to be Hamilton-esque um movement i think you said and utica didn't really quite 
Utica wasn't really giving me Hamilton, unless you're thinking Hamilton, Ontario, in which case it was bang on. <laughs> she was not giving me Hamilton the musical. I was getting Hamilton, Ontario. It was, it was interesting. <sighs> so the girls are getting ready and whatnot. They're having their, you know, regular girl talk and everything. And Candy brings up the meme that went viral of her about being in a VIP section alone by herself and somebody wanted a photo. And so there's a photo of Candy just sitting in a seat, sort of blank faced, staring off to the signs. Apparently that went viral at one point. I didn't really see it floating around my social medias. But I guess it was, and then apparently everyone was copying it and doing interpretations of it. Uh, after Candy, Tina talks about what it was like dating Graham Norton, because apparently um, her and Graham dated for a bit. They weren't... Um, apparently she had, like, the strained spiky hair and... She was a lot younger looking at the time. I, when they showed the photos, it looked like Tina was a lot younger in the photos. And then the, um, Denali or Candy asked, did any of you have any like famous crushes or celebrity crushes? And Denali's like, did any of you have a crush on like Aladdin or like... And Candy's like, you mean cartoon characters? Which honestly, hey, cartoon characters when you're a kid is your first exposure to people. Cartoons are like your first exposure to famous uh, like TV. Well, at least when I grew up, I watched nothing but cartoons and Disney and all that stuff. I mean, like, I can't relate crushing on a cartoon character or an animated thing, but hey, you know what? Denali, you, Denali, you do you. <laughs> Denali, you do you. And then on the runway, right before the challenge performance, we have Rue walking the main stage in this stunning pale bluish tealy business executive realness. I was thoroughly shocked at the fact that Rue was wearing a executive sort of look with a massive clutch purse, I thought it was a serve. I was actually very pleasantly surprised seeing Rue in executive realness business. I think it was like after the bag ball with their executive realness looks, and then Rue wore her executive realness look, which I thought was stunning. I thought Rue was really cute in it. It was like a long blazer business jacket. I think there was a skirt or maybe it was just a very long jacket and it was fitted to her body. And that I think, I can't remember what the material was. It was shiny, reflective, might've been a sequin of some kind, but she looked absolutely stunning. And I love that color. I love that pastel-y blue on her. It was very, very cute. And then, we get into the Maxi Challenge. Hello, hello, hello. Just want to shout out to my Patreon patron, Robin Fisher. Thank you so much, girl, for your monthly contribution. You are why I can pay my phone bill. 
Thank you very much. And for anyone else who would like to see exclusive content, get very exclusive pre-mature access to some of my designs and collections, my fashion collections from Claw Couture under Claw Co., feel free to look me up on patreon.com slash ravenasclaw. Pick one of the tiers. We have a $5, $10, and $20 tier. And yeah, just be part of the exclusive family and help me pay my bills because every every cent and every dollar count and matters. So thank you so much, Robin. Love you. Again, that is patreon.com slash ravenasclaw. Now let's get back to the podcast. So the maxi challenge starts with Tina and she's wearing a very cabaret MC inspired outfit. And I was living immediately when I saw her. I was like getting my full fledged cabaret fantasy. It was everything. Like when she was, when she picked the role of the MC, I was like, okay, yeah, MC. But my thought, unfortunately, and I feel kind of bad about it being a theater person i didn't think mc from cabaret and i feel bad about it now but she was pulling out like a full-on pant tight black black bowler hat mc from cabaret realness and i loved it and the girls in the back were giving me like a mine hair from cabaret like line it was kind of like mine hair with the chairs but also um the strip joint from Sweet Charity. Um, wouldn't you like? I could see you were in that. Oh, hey, big, real big spender. Yeah, big spend. Hey, big spender meets mine hair from Cabaret meets a bit of Chicago, but more mine hair and um, hey, big spender. So, then we have Olivia coming up as Marcus Zuckerberg, or as Mark Zuckerberg, renamed into, it was called, Marky Tuckenberg, yeah. And she's wearing blue hair, very much like the Facebook blue color. And she was funny. I found it to be funny. And at first, when Rosé popped in, I was like, meh. I thought she was alright but that's me I'll, that's always my thing with these rusicals is that it's it's always they're always parodies and I just have a weird view on parody musicals and parody numbers and all that stuff but Rosé at first I was getting meh and then she started to like bring up the com- comedic energy and all that and then the girls all come in with um, these giant oversized phone outline shapes and then it was completely cell block tango chicago reference and i was living because they were like doing um pop six squish uh, cicero but with like social media words like post like tag share block all that stuff and i was like that is genius i love that it was so good i love the chicago reference um simone came in doing her facebook or no simone was instagram 
And I was disappointed. The only thing I wrote down was she might be in the bottom. I was kind of disappointed with Simone. But yeah. Um, and then Utica comes out and does her full on rap and everything, giving me all the Hamilton realness, even though I'm not a Hamilton fan. I'm not. But Utica's rapping was actually good once she started going in on it. And I thought, she, yeah, yeah, she was giving, yeah, she was giving me Hamilton like a realness. Uh, after her, we have Candy, and her song was very pop sounding and pop hip hop, not hip hop, but like pop inspired sounding. So I couldn't tell what musical reference it was. But then when they get to Elliot 2, the music changes there, and I was like, oh, now we're getting into popular social media music artists. And so Candy was just very pop sounding. And then after Candy, we had Elliot, who was influenced on Billie Eilish. And. Uh, they were doing stuff in the dark with flashlights and I couldn't I didn't grasp the concept or the theme but it was still entertaining and cool to watch and listen so Elliot was giving me full on Billie Eilish look the hair and the out well the outfit was it could have been darker the outfit and the hair could have been darker like Billie Eilish but it was still cool uh, Rosé had then at this point now rose has fantastic energy and is giving me very very theater strong musical theater vibes and now rose was really killing it for me and then we have the russian twins coming in and it's gotmik and denali and at first i was like gotmik is giving me and i fucking hate this i really hate it but for all of my listeners who just don't understand what it is that i'm trying to describe um Sasha was, er, Gottmik was giving me Sasha Valora vibes when Sasha did her Russian character with Shea Coulee in the, the, like, TV pilot thing, I guess. And as they continued their number part, the energy between Gottmik and Denali was very much like Sasha Valora and Shea Coulee in the live TV, like, cooking segment thing when they feed each other chocolate broccoli. <laughs> Like, the energy there was so funny, but it's that, like, dynamic friendship, um, just friend, like, familiar friendship that I was getting from Gottmik and Denali, and I was like, oh, this is hilarious. This is hilarious. They are great. Neither of them should be in the bottom. So, I was very confident that they were gonna be well-received when they get to the critiques. So, end of the routine, the current... Um, the the current guess for my tops and bottoms are I was guessing Simone, Elliot, and Candy in the bottom, and Tina, Rose, and Utica in the top after seeing the performance. I was guessing, yeah, those. Tops, Tina, Rose, and Utica, and the bottoms, Simone, Elliot, and Candy. And then we move to the runway, and category is yellow gorgeous. So wearing yellow, things that are yellow, all of the yellow realness. Dun, dun, da, 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 da. 
and welcome to the runway category is yellow gorgeous and first on the list i have utica wearing a very mixed pattern look and utica is very very much familiar with mixing his patterns and creating a garment with multiple textures and like just making a full ensemble out of different materials looks colors textures and all of that stuff and i liked the outfit i liked it i didn't hate it as much as some people will but i i liked it next up we have olivia in a very i got kind of bob mackie vibes i don't know why we're seeing so much bob mackie influence this season but i saw it and i thought i thought olivia looked gorgeous i loved it uh after her i'm gonna save my favorites for last so after her we have tina in a taxi driver inspired taxi outfit it was cute i loved it again tina camp it's expected um, then we have Denali, which I loved. Denali was in a yellow python Medusa sort of look. And apparently she was inspired by the python Britney Spears uses in her... Um, I th- uh, is it nasty? I think... It, get, I don't fucking remember. But yeah, it's the... We all know the image of Britney Spears in the green outfit with the yellow python. She was wanting to be that yellow python from the video. And I thought it was genius. Then we have Gottmik in a crash test dummy look, which I loved. But I had the thought, wait, crash test dummy? What if... That means there's two crash... There were two crash test dummies this whole season. So I was like, wait... Did Denali have this crash test dummy outfit and was going to wear that for the bag ball and do airbag just like Denali did airbag and then decided to do body bag instead and saved her crash test dummy outfit for the yellow runway? Thoughts? Um, But yeah, no, I loved it. I thought it was cute and her makeup was stunning. Um, Then we have Candy Muse in a Beyonce, I think it was Lemonade... Um, it was, it's the yellow dress that Beyonce wears that has a lot of layers and whatnot. And I thought it was cute, but when you put a dress that doesn't have shape on a body like Candy's, like I could never wear it. Um, if there's no shape to it, it just makes you look so boxy and there was no figure. And I thought it was cute, but she could have gone a different route. Um, then I have Simone, who was, again, kind of giving me hood-ish vibes again. Um, it was a meh. The one thing that I am begging to see from Simone is glamour. I really want to see Simone in a gown just once. I just want to see Simone in a gown once. I just want to see her glam it up, wear a stunning gown that fits her body and her curves. And I kind of want to see some curves on Simone just once. Again, it's just once. I just want to see it once. I just want to see that she can do it. I just want to see curves and an evening wear once. That's it. Is it so much to ask for? And then my favorite of the night 
fucking rosé in a mask reference to Jim Carrey's The Mask. I fucking loved it. The hair was right. The outfit was right. The, like, green face was stunning. I, the patterns were exact. I thought it was the best thing. And I fucking loved it. It was absolutely to die for on my end. I was just like, oh my god. She turned the corner and I screamed. It, it's by far my fucking favorite. I fucking loved it. <sighs> so then after the runway, my new guesses for the tops and bottoms are, I only put two at this point. So my, t- my top two were Tina and Rosé with the runway added on top of the performance. And then Simone and Candy with the outfits on top of their performance in the bottom. So Simone and Candy in the bottom and Rosé and Tina in the top. And then we finally get our actual girls. So the safe girls are Olivia, Utica, and Elliot. Those are our safe girls. And that means Tina, Simone, Candy, Rosé, Denali, and Gottmik are the tops and bottoms. And then the judges go through and talk about their thoughts and whatnot on the girls. So for Tina, they thought when they recorded her voice and whatnot, they thought it was good. It was great energy. It was fantastic. And then when she got on the stage, her performance was not at the same level and caliber as her voice and her performance was behind the microphone. So that was slightly disappointing. But I loved the outfit. Uh, Simone, again, also, she wasn't big enough, and she was kind of just timid and almost kind of was in her head a bit. Uh, Candy, same thing there. Not really enough energy, and also she kind of got lost in the counts and the choreo when it came to her solo bit. Um, Rosé, they found her, they fucking loved her, and they thought she was so polished and so musical theater, it's her shtick, it's it's her gig. Literally, it was great. Um, Denali, they loved her, it was great. And Gottmik, they were like, Gottmik stole the show. Gottmik came out as the Russian, one of the Russian twins, and fucking killed it. So, they definitely loved Denali, uh, Gottmik and Rosé and then Tina, Simone and Candy were in the bottom and then after those critiques my new tops and bottoms are I was estimating Gottmik is the winner and the bottoms are Simone and Candy and in a turn of events Rosé won yes mega Rosé won with her mask reference and her Almost, let me think, I feel like the lead role in the whole number was Tina as the MC, and I feel like the supporting role was Rosé, but Rosé still killed it and blew Tina out of the water with her performance and with her outfit. Like, like, Rosé's outfit was like the solidifying, oh my god, Rosé just won this episode. I fucking loved it. And then, Safe was... Uh, Gottmik and Denali. So they, at first, they called both Gottmik and Denali together when they were announcing who the tops and bot, who the winners and bottoms are. And I was like, oh, is it going to be a double win? 
is it going to be a Gottmik and Denali win together? But no, they were both safe as twins. And Rosé was the winner. And then Tina is safe, which means Simone and Candy are in the bottom, which is what I was expecting since the beginning of the performance. Yeah, Simone and Candy. And Rosé was my top there. Rosé was my top there. Yeah, Rosé was my top for this whole episode. And Simone and Candy were my bottoms for this whole episode. So it makes sense. So the song that they have to lip sync to is Boss by Fifth Harmony, which is a fucking popular drag song. But it's a great drag song because it has peaks and valleys and it ebbs and flows with the characterization and the movements and the choreo or dancing if you do um and honestly it's such a party and that is exactly what i got from simone and candy when they were lip-syncing this i straight up was like holy shit these two girls are killing it simone is just giving me full-on attitude but in a fifth harmony way and Candy was just giving her 100, being like, I am not gonna fucking go home, please. And I honestly was like, oh my god, is this gonna be a double save? It has to be a double save. Like, oh my god. If not, it was like, they're gonna give a well send-off to one of the girls. And so, Simone is safe, and Simone's sent to the back, and Candy's heartbroken, she's devastated, and... Ross is even, like, even Ross is upset. Um, And then, yeah, Candy starts to leave, and then Rue's like, oh, wait, no, you can stay. (laughs) And it's a double save, and I'm like, yes! I'm just so happy it was a double save, because I'm like, these... And honestly, I kind of watched... I kind of did some snooping around online, and I was like, either this episode or episode seven was apparently supposed to be a double save and i was like oh right they didn't do the double save last episode maybe they're gonna do the double save this time and after i saw them put their 100 energy into this number i was like oh yeah they're double saving this they are 100 double saving this so yep we got our double save candy was fooled with she was played and even she was like don't fucking play with my emotions again rue i swear to jesus so those are they they are safe rose and candy now better well i mean simone simone better have a fire under her butt because i i honestly forgot about the double save so i was like if they send simone home that's going to cause a massive uproar because everyone's like simone's our winner simone is simone is it so if simone were to have gone home tonight (sighs) to be the front runner for the first few episodes and then all of a sudden to be in the bottom and then eliminated by episode eight that shit would have hurt and candy i was kind of feeling like Candy might have been eliminated because she's already been in the bottom especially against Tamisha and whatnot but yeah both of them stayed and after that lip sync I'm not surprised and I'm not very much upset but lord knows what the girls who uh, are still here have to say lord knows there's always one girl that's like I don't want and I, I didn't want a double save because now there's still another week where I don't get the chance to be like it's the Aquaria 
reunion speech again where she was worried that because there was the one double save the episode the next week if she's in the bottom there's no chance of there being a double save so that means you're even more high strung about what the turnout's going to be with the new with or with this week's elimination so wondering who's going to say that next time and i don't mean next week i mean the week after because next week they are showing the documentary that they made on the side about the new filming during covid and with restrictions and everything so next week i will not be doing another episode of the podcast as there's not going to be um another episode so well like not like a competition episode it's just going to be the documentary so i'm going to give myself a week off i may still put up an episode of like some of my normal shit and like something kind of like what i've done in the past but if not i am giving myself a week off because i am currently designing some fashion collections they are available on my patreon for exclusive viewers and members so if you want to see my my designs and everything that i am doing for my collections i am currently working on number collection number three and two are done and i have three more after this one so well i currently have a total of six collections that i am working on um but i mean as ideas come to me i'm just going to keep adding a new collection and a new collection and a new collection so when i get the five done i'm going to be posting the five on my website and on my insta and my facebook but before then if you want exclusive premature access to my designs of my collections and everything they are being posted on my patreon patreon.com slash ravenesclaw and you can see all of the work and everything that is being done before i post them to the public and i i've been posting like single outfit i post the whole collection and there's just there's good perks to being on my patreon so check that out and yeah so again i will not be posting another episode next week i'm giving myself some time off if i feel like it if not i might post an episode anyways but that's all from me and now good afternoon good evening good night whatever time of the day is where you are listening to this it's five o'clock somewhere so it is more than appropriate for you to pour yourself in another glass of riesling All right, have a good day or night, whatever. Okay, bye. Bye.